0: New Zealand property management podcast uh, welcome to our latest show and with me today is jack vale jack is the business development manager for tommy's property management jack thanks for joining us
1: no worries thank you very much for having me
0: so jackie i mean let's, let's start off with uh, tommy's it's a relatively i mean tommy's has been around in wellington for, for a long time but property management it's a new game
1: absolutely yeah about 18 months old so probably started in february 2017 and it's been uh, been nice to try something different,
0: and you've already got four members of staff. So, I mean, you don't have to go into the numbers of properties that you're managing, but you, quite yeah. clearly, from being eighteen months old from zero base, um, you've grown substantially and uh, very successfully. How have you done that?
1: Yeah, so to say we're obviously happy with where we're at. We're much ahead of where we wanted to be, which is always the good news. Um, it's been a combination of a lot of things, really. Um, having Tommy's as a very reputable brand behind us has, has helped. Um, but there's been a combination of a lot of hard work and a, a lot of late hours in there as well.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you've got to touch on the, the real estate side of the business. Mm. First, I mean, it, it's I think it's the biggest selling real estate company or well, real estate office in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, it's just about over the 40% market share of, of Wellington. Uh, do you get a lot of referrals or in the early days, I imagine you will get quite a few referrals from the real estate side, How, what percentage is organically developed by yourself in your business development capacity compared to what's been brought in from the sales team?
1: Yeah, look, the sales team are obviously a massive help to us and it was probably a, a really big process of us getting to where we are now right at the start, as you say, um, just while we were getting our own brand out there, it's nice to have them out there waving the flag for us, which is always good yeah. Um, in terms of percentage, probably looking at about 30% referral from the sales guys. Right, uh, so, and so I'd say 70% comes from, from the organic growth.
0: So, that's a, I actually thought it'd be higher from the sales team. So, mm. you've been able to organically grow um, through different channels. I mean, is it a case maybe that the sales team are just waiting to see how well this performs before they start putting their name to Tommy's property management? Or? Yeah,
1: look, I think there's probably a little bit of that. Obviously, when you start anything new, there's always people that want to check it out and make sure that they're referring their clients to, uh, to the right people. Um, when you've got people that are spending as much money as you do through a real estate team, it's important to make sure that they get the right right advice. But I think the sales agents are starting to see that and certainly the support's been there from, from Tommy's right from the start, actually, which has been great.
0: So when you say that you've grown, you know, 70% of your business has grown organically, um, I mean, is that Wellington-based or is you finding that it's more nationwide-based?
1: Yeah, pretty much Wellington-based. Um, we're getting a lot of referrals from um, our wider network that we've developed since we got started um, and a lot of referrals through word of mouth. People just obviously liking the service that we're providing and they're referring their friends and the friends of their friends through to us as well, which is a great sign.
0: And you've um, kind of got a bit of a reputation now for uh, writing this article which appears in the Tommy's Lifestyle magazine. Yeah.
1: And you've developed quite a good following. Do you get a lot of feedback about that? Yeah, look, we generally find it's um, it's a really lovely thing that people enjoy reading. It's one of those things where, as a property investor, it's very difficult to to keep up with what's going on in the industry, what's going on in the market in particular as well. And normally, nine times out of ten, people that have got investment property are generally pretty busy people. They're working pretty hard to be able to afford it. Yeah. So it's nice that we can just. Put it all into one place for them and, and give them the information that they need in a, a nice easy to use format.
0: So how how, how often do you, because these articles are quite big, I've seen them and, and yeah they are, I have to say they're, they're excellent to me I mean, I
1: read it every time I pick
0: up the magazine. Um, how long does it take you to, to compile this because there's obviously a fair bit of work that goes into it.
1: Yeah absolutely so look, in terms of picking through the topics that we choose it probably is the easiest part of the process. Um, actually then finding the information behind that probably takes us a couple of days to, to put it together a piece that we're really really happy with. Um, but we're publishing them every two weeks, so there's obviously a lot of time that goes into it. Outside so every two of, weeks, this yeah. article goes out. It goes out to Tommy's lifestyle magazine. It's yeah, pushed right.
0: onto social media. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's that's uh, and and so and this is what a lot of big business owners, which I talk to, I think it's really important that you're writing good educational stuff. Got a responsibility to educate our clients. Uh do you have to proofread your own
1: work or do you get other people to proofread it before it goes out? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's pretty well documented, pretty well checked. Um, it'll go through myself. My managing director will read it as well. And he likes to keep in touch with what's going on. Um, and then obviously we've got staff members that make sure my spelling's always correct as yeah. well. Yeah.
0: Now, can we just touch on the structure of the team? Yeah. Because now that there's four of you working here, uh, how does that structure look at the moment? I mean, you know, is it three property managers? I mean, who's doing what?
1: Yeah, good question. So we've got Harrison, who's our managing director. Um, he runs the show and makes sure everything's going on the straight and narrow, which is always nice to have. Um, we've got myself in a business development capacity, so just focused on growth and new business. Um, and then we've got two superstar property managers who run the show um, and keep us on our toes, which is always good news.
0: And, and what do you think that these um, the, the property managers, that how many are they looking after, uh, or what do you think that they are capable of looking after, before you need to start looking at getting another property manager. Do you you cap at what they can manage, or do you just keep loading them up?
1: Yeah, look, we'll definitely have a look at that as we progress. I think for us at the moment it's a case of they keep surprising themselves even and, and they keep smashing the expectations that we've set on them. So they're doing really, really well uh, and it's one of those that monitor it and as soon as we feel that we need to bring on a new property manager because these guys can't keep up with what we're working with, yeah, um, then we'll, we'll certainly look at that. But at the moment they're, they're
0: really comfortable which is great. So do you actually get involved in the property management or you just focused on just purely New business?
1: Yeah, focus purely on new business for the most part. Um, we do look after a few um, of our clients here and there, help out the property managers where we can, but 99% of my role will be new business.
0: What I see around New Zealand, where you, you, you have your BDMs, sometimes there is um, a breakdown where you get the handover process between the BDM and the property manager. Yeah. Any tips for people around that? How, how,
1: how, did, how does that work at Somis? Yeah, look, just don't rush it. It's one of those where, um, as a BDM, you're obviously focused on business and, and, and growth and making sure you're pushing through as many deals as you can. Uh, and that's great. But if we're not getting the deals right in the first place, we'll lose out that referral base. So it's one of those where it's taking your time to sit down with your property manager, make sure they're aware of everything that's going on, and try and introduce them into the process as early as possible. We'll actually try and introduce our property manager to the owner prior to um, them even signing the deal in some cases.
0: Mm. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, you charge quite a good fee, what I can see, from, yeah. you know, higher than what well, I can see anybody in, in, in Wellington. There's a real emphasis there that your service has got to be right. Absolutely. And you're touching on the property manager meeting the, the landlord early days. It, what's the ideal form of communication? Is it getting face-to-face Is it meeting
1: them? How often are they calling the landlords? How often are they speaking to them? Yeah, look, it just depends on the owner. Um, it really does. Um, some owners love to be contacted all the time. Some owners don't want to be contacted at all, and that's where understanding each individual person and tailoring our service to them is is really really important. The property managers get that from right from day one, from their first contact with them, which is is great. Because they're young. Yeah, I mean you're a young team. It, 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 you know, a lot of people
0: when we first started out, and you know, I remember talking to the beginning. It seems the feeling was around the industry, particularly around Wellington, that you two, you were too young to succeed. It was going to fail. Yeah. I mean, what's made you
1: succeed? Uh, I think it's just a lot of passion for the industry. Both of us have, uh, have come in from when we started at wanting to be successful in the industry and wanting to change the way that things were done. When you come in with an approach like that, um, it's obviously always nice to see some changes happen, and we saw some, some pretty good success pretty early on, and that just sort of fueled the fire. I'm of the viewpoint
0: that one of the biggest challenges for our industry will be younger people coming into it, and because they're on social media a lot they're not forming they're having the conversations they're not forming relationships and I seem to think that a number of you, new property managers that come into the industry will burn out because they can't deal with the conflict because someone will have a crack at them and they'll just crumble I mean you've got a young team here which kind mm. of fits that generation which we're talking about what do you do with that team to ensure that they are getting face-to-face because you've got to get complaints everybody gets complaints Absolutely. sometimes it's out of your control how do you
1: coach that into your property managers how to deal with the, that conflict when it does arise yeah look we're, we're really lucky at tommy's that uh, there's an established real estate brand behind us and that brand was founded pretty much on the philosophy that it's people not property that we deal with um, because of that we've got that mentality sort of ingrained into our own business and, and that's then been passed on to our property managers as they've come on so we focus on the people that we work with first as opposed to the property.
0: So you are inducting them into the, 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 the values of Tommy's absolutely. and if they don't fit the values then they're not fitting the team.
1: Yeah absolutely I don't think we've ever rushed to, to bring on a, a property manager or a staff member we've always waited to get the right fit Yeah. Um, and as they always say sometimes you've got to kiss a few frogs. And yeah. no, we've definitely gone through that process, interviewed a few that weren't the right fit. What's the average age? 22 and a half. 22 and a half. Young team.
0: So you're managing a substantial amount of property now. There's, there's, I mean, your landlords are probably a different generation, probably my generation, you know, generation X, maybe even older. How do you get that message across to a different generation that your property is safe with basically a young
1: team? Yeah, absolutely. I think age doesn't come into it when you're performing, and I think that's the the underlying factor that we've got there. We've just backed ourselves to perform and and followed through on everything that we've said we'd do. Um, and with that, you just sort of start to build a, a reputation for results, and, and that's what people look for. So
0: your background. I mean, you've you know, you, you didn't actually have a background in property management, but you did yeah. have a
1: background in sales. Yeah. Can you show us like what your early experience in sales was? Yeah, absolutely. So I went around uh, and, and knocked on doors, like you said, much before I was. Uh, in the property management game, I'd sell charities and power to pretty much anyone that would listen. So charities and power, that's a wide. Yeah. And where did you do that? Was that in Wellington? Yeah, absolutely, Wellington and a little bit of Auckland as well. Did it in Auckland? What about in Auckland? All over the shop, it's a pretty difficult market to crack, so we came back down to Wellington pretty quickly. Right,
0: right, so probably that would have toughened you up to the the objections, you probably had to deal with quite a bit of abuse as well in
1: that? Yeah, too, right,
0: yeah, absolutely. And, and that didn't phase you? Not at all. Not at all. So you've obviously got a bit of, you know, dare I say, a bit of mongrel about you. There's a bit of fighting you. Know. i say yeah. so. How important is that for anybody who wants to get into, say, a business development role to have that
1: resolve where, you know, you've got to get your knocks and you've got to get people telling you no? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just important to understand that's all part of the process. Um, it's like anything in sales, you know, you're never just going to get the answer that you want to hear every single time. Yeah. Um, and you've just got to keep. Keep going through and keep jumping over the hurdles that get put in front of you. and Know that the finish line's inside. So you've never like felt like, oh my God, is no again,
0: no again. I mean, do you, do you keep yourself positive all the time, or do you sometimes get into
1: some little dips and you start questioning your ability? Yeah. does that come into it? Yeah, course. course. Like I think, yeah, your attitude's always going to going to drop in, in a sales role. It's it's natural, um, but it's not about how quickly you lose it. It's about how quickly you can get it back. Yeah, um, and I think that's the the key there is is when you are in the sales role, just knowing that hearing no is part of the process and. Every now and then you get you one step closer to it. Yes, it's a good philosophy. It's a good philosophy. Um, but when you sell, you find
0: yourself maybe getting to a bit of a dip. What do you do to get yourself out of it? Is it you know people around you, or, or is it like you just look in the mirror and say, right now I've got to do this?
1: How do you get yourself out of those dips? Yeah, the biggest one for me is just knowing what motivates me and knowing what I'm working towards. Um, if you focus solely on the sales side of things. When you're not doing sales, of course, you're going you know, to lose your attitude. But if you've got your own goals, personal goals and, and work goals as well, then when you do start hearing those, noise, you've got something else to work towards. And, and that's generally what drives me so on. So you have goals. Absolutely. You set yourself goals. Yeah.
0: Both, both professionally and, and personally.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah.
0: Good. Good, good, good. Uh, and, and you measure progress on them. Do you set yourself deadlines to have these things
1: done? Because I think that's an important thing. People go, oh, I'm going to do this. But you don't have a deadline. Yeah, absolutely. It's always important to have that deadline hanging over. you. Yeah. it just means that it keeps you motivated and incentivized to keep going, keep your foot on the gas.
0: If we look at your early
1: steps, your early
0: stages in the sales and door knocking, I mean, you'd have to change your approach when you're trying to win a million dollar asset. Absolutely. You know... Did you find it tough at the beginning to, to, to change the style? because I remember coming out with you once mm. and saying you're basically trying to sell property management within 30 seconds and I remember us having a conversation afterwards saying Jack you've
1: got to slow down. Yeah absolutely it's a much slower burn property management which is, uh, is not a bad thing at all. Yeah, yeah. Now I was out at a dinner
0: um, at school vault and getting, sat next to this guy and he actually he has his properties managed by you and he, mm. he raved about you and what he was basically saying that this is a guy who's phoning me up, trying to encourage me to buy more property. Do you think that this is something that a lot of companies just forget to do? They just win it and then they just forget about the landlord? I mean,
1: I don't think it's fair to say that companies forget about landlords. I think look, it's, a, it's a difference in approach that we've tried to take to set us apart from the market. Absolutely. Um, it's one of those where we've started to set ourselves out as more than just property managers. Um, at the end of the day, the industry is changing, as you know. Yes. Um, You know, we're we're very much now looking for a way to to stand out and be different. And one of those is that we look at portfolios and how we can make them perform at their maximum capacity. And is there any way that we can improve the the position that our clients in? So There's a focus on educating the landlords. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's about basically not
0: just you know looking after one property. It's about right, you've got one, and we'll check and see if you've got
1: any. Let's look at two. Let's look at three, and creating wealth. Yeah, absolutely. And it's look at not every landlord wants to grow. Not everyone wants to own 25 houses. Um, and for those that don't that, that's absolutely fine as well we'll look after um, everyone exactly the same but it's about making sure what you do have performs in its best possible uh, capacity.
0: You just touched on before it's a changing game mm. I mean it's changing dramatically I mean I've been in the industry for you know over a dozen years now and, and there's with a new government um, I mean, they have they've, they've been in what 10 months now there's lots and lots of changes throughout the Residential Tenancies Act we've got Healthy Homes Guarantee Bill we've got you know residential tenancy amendment bill number two we've got the letting fee bill going through and there's going to be more and more changes uh, how important it is for you to keep abreast with and how do you keep abreast with, with with all those changes
1: yeah look i mean it's it's seriously important um seriously important to keep abreast of it all because at the end of the day if we're not then we're not giving our clients the, the service they deserve and the service that they pay for um, i think you mentioned before you know it's it's really important to actually educate our clients and it's something that we should be doing um, so that we're all we're all over that, and as much as we can be, um, keep across that, setting up the Google alerts. Yeah. Um, as soon as something comes along, we'll know about it. Um, so you set up Google alerts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if something changes in the property management game, we'll know.
0: Some people won't know what Google alerts are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What is it? Yes, yeah, so it's an alert that will fire through to you to let you know anything new and exciting about property management published on the internet. So you've. Type in keywords, and when something like a press release happens, you'll get it. It's emailed directly to you. You research it, you comment on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's very important to do is to, like you say, comment on mm-hmm. it as well. Um, so that it knows, so people know that when we put something out there, it's generally going to come with what our, our spin on it and our approach to that will be. And then you're right, the
0: age goes, doesn't it? Really, because yeah. you become the industry expert, you know your market, you know the le- changes in legislation, and people look at you as an authority on the industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think at the end of the day, like I said before, the age disappears when you start performing, uh, and if we can start giving our clients information that's going to help them improve their position or, or better look after their properties, then we've done our job. Landlords, a lot of landlords are unaware
0: of these changes. I you know, let's, for example, we've got 1st of July next year, you know, if your property's not insulated, you're basically facing $4,000 in temporary damages. How do you work with those landlords who
1: are basically bury their head in the sand and just don't want to know? Yeah, it's, look, it's a good question. Uh, and I think you've got to tailor your approach depending on the, the landlord that you deal with at the time. Um, the one thing we've learned about property management is, is that there's no one generic solution. Uh, so you've very much got to be adaptable and be able to change it depending on, on that client and their needs at the time. But as you said before, it's, it's a lot about education um, and it's about providing solutions. Right? Because we've had, um, words are that this tenancy compliance
0: investigation team they're not going to go after landlords as much they've got to go after the property management companies who are managing yeah. the properties and say if they've got a, a, a property which isn't an insulated and it's managed by a company it's the company that could be in the firing line yeah that's
1: right absolutely yeah. so look, it's one of those for us if, if obviously by the deadline comes along um you're not compliant then it's one of those where we probably wouldn't manage your property um, we can't put our company at risk and uh, and then sort of dampen their or dilute the service they were are able to provide to you our see, landlords. You see, supply.
0: I mean, this is a, a topic which is, you know, in, in some cases, like I know companies in South Auckland, where it's difficult to get the landlords to spend any money, yeah. regardless of insulation. And then you could be writing to all these landlords saying, I'm sorry, we're not managing your property anymore. That could be 200 properties. Absolutely, You could be wiping off a million dollars of value of your business. You could be making property managers redundant. I mean... It's a difficult call that a lot of these companies
1: are going to have to make, isn't it? Yeah, it is, absolutely. I think the, the thing that's coming out at the moment is obviously keeping on top of it all, and we've had plenty of time to, to look at it and look at the deadline. So there has been plenty of time to, to plan ahead, um, and it's one of those where if we've got that working relationship with a client and the client trusts us, um, then we can always find a solution for them, um, whether that's a case of keeping back certain amounts of rent each week until uh, until the insulation deadline, and then doing it all at once. Or oh, I mean, working with local uh, councils which give rent
0: rebate or give rebates on yeah, in- insulation. So they just add the, the insulation cost onto your rates. Yeah, we've had the rent in Wellington. We've had the, the rental bonus of fitness. Yeah, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting proposition. In theory, it's a, it's a great idea. Um, in practice, maybe less so. Um, we've not found too many landlords that have taken it up. Um, I think there's only been two or three that have actually gone for the service. Um, and I believe one of them had a seven-year-old house which failed. Um, so that makes it then an interesting theory and practice, doesn't it? Do you think that they could, because I mean, I, I do a lot of talks on the
0: Healthy Homes Guarantee Bill and mm. i 30, that they're going to merge this rental warranty fitness into those Healthy Homes Guarantee Standards, which have yet to be set. Yeah. I mean... Is there a risk that if we're going to just keep chucking compliance, compliance, compliance at landlords, that there's going to be fewer landlords?
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, there's always going to be a need for rental property in New Zealand, and that's the thing I think that we've got to remember. Um, there might be fewer landlords, but those landlords may own more property. Yeah. And so what I think you will start to see is a more sort of regulated industry where you potentially need to be licensed to be a property investor um, or, or even certainly a property manager. Yep. Um, and you may start seeing it become more of a profession than anything else.
0: So, I mean, I don't know how you say this because, I mean, I've just been in Parliament Mm. today with the Select Committee presenting on on the letting fee bill. Now, my discussion was more, you know, I think it's just inevitable. the letting fee's got to go, fine, we just deal with it. You know, you you end up, we have to charge the landlord and the tenant pays a bit more rent to cover the cost. But my angle was around regulation and regulating the industry. Um, I mean, you're still pretty new to the industry, you know, two years in. Um, does it surprise you that it's not regulated?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, we're dealing with someone's biggest asset, and we're dealing yeah. with a lot of money that goes along with that. Um, yeah. I think it's probably something that should be regulated, because there's, for every good property manager, there's a couple of bad ones out there as well. Mm. Um, so there's an industry that probably needs to be regulated, and I think the legislation that's coming in uh, is a step in the right direction. Yeah, um, It has all come at once, which is making it, as you say, difficult to be a landlord at the moment. Um, but I think in the, the grand scheme of things, in the big picture, it's probably a good thing.
0: Are the less landlords out there now? Less landlords purchasing properties, or you know, because yeah. we're kind of seeing the capital gains is probably it's probably maybe a little bit more legs in it in Wellington, but overall it's probably going to slow down. And with property prices being so high, the yields may not be what they were a few years ago. Yeah, correct. Um, and we've got to see a permanent slowdown of people buying
1: investment properties, or do you think people will always buy investment property? Yeah, look, I think there's one thing that can be said in, in property investment, and that's that nothing's permanent. Um, it's always changing, um, and you've got to adapt to survive. At the moment, yes, there's obviously a low level of stock, and there's pretty, some pretty high prices around there, which are meaning that yields are a little bit lower, certainly in Wellington. But I think that will always change, and as I said before, everyone always needs to, to rent. Um, there's always going to be a market for that, and so I think people will always invest in property. Yeah, let's touch on the Healthy
0: Homes Guarantee Bill. Mm. Is this a good thing?
1: I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, in theory, um, absolutely a good thing. Uh, I think New Zealand's housing stock has has been sort of I would, wouldn't say below par, but certainly wanting uh, or leaving a lot to be desired for Cause, a lot. Because we're both from
0: you know England and the yeah. northwest of England, and the winters there can get pretty bleak. Um, but housing, it, it's different, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's, you can it's,
1: walk around like you're in the Caribbean when you're inside your house.
0: Yeah, so, so double glazing, central heating. Do you think that's... Because ultimately, I mean, a lot of New Zealand housing stock is built pretty poor standard and, and not built to the conditions.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, the, the risk is, not only is it a risk, it's a certainty. there's, there's got to be a fair percentage of this rental stock, uh, not just in Wellington but
1: around New Zealand, which would not meet the standards of the Healthy Homes Guarantee Bill. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think we start to see a lot of landlords who realise that their home might not be compliant start to consider the options they selling. not yeah. selling. Uh, that might mean we see a little bit more stock come back on the market and those investors that are in a position to, to knock them over um, relatively quickly might be able to pick up a few and get them up to code and get them up to standard pretty quickly.
0: We're seeing um, the rise, I would say, of, of tenant groups. Mm. Not just in New Zealand, but you know you're seeing it in, in other places. I mean, like for example, I went down to the Renters United fixed
1: renting. Are you seeing more demands from tenants? Demands <coughs> is a difficult um, proposition, isn't it? I think certainly tenants are starting to get better educated, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, um, I think they're starting to understand their rights a little bit more, um, and because of that, we're now starting to see that landlords have probably gotten away with a few things for a little while, um, and now starting to get caught out.
0: Yeah. So, what we're seeing now is just a, a bit more balance. I mean, you've got a baby boomer generation of landlords. Um, do you think that we'll, I mean, this is the theory I have, is that we'll see a new generation of landlords which will come for you know, at your age, maybe a bit younger than me, um, but they'll have a bit more of a social awareness that yeah. they, 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 they won't be prepared to rent out a house, rent out a house or a flat or an apartment, which basically is cold, damp. You know, they, they, they've got a, they feel they've got a social responsibility.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think with the the younger um, landlords coming through, he's certainly going to start to see a bit more of that because I think they've experienced the cold, dark and damp houses themselves and lived in those and and have always sworn that they wouldn't want to be the landlord that does provide a house in, in damp condition. So in many ways, you're probably ideally
0: positioned to cater for that younger landlord when they do come into, you know, whether they they get the property through it's been left for them by a you know death of a family member or whatever it would be, or they go out and they buy the first ones, mm. you're know, probably well suited position, aren't you? Because of your age as a team, you, you you can probably adapt and understand what they want more than probably older, experienced companies which have just been running it the same way for a number
1: of years. Yeah, for sure. I think the key word that you mentioned there is the ability to adapt. I think we've been adapting since we started the company in 2017, and we'll continue to do that throughout the lifetime of this business. And that's what's probably going to set us apart in the future. Um, The younger landlords will be attracted to us because we've got all the latest tech and innovation and gizmos that goes along with that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I mean,
0: you do like your video inspections, the landlords can see a whole video of the property,
1: you do 360. Degree or three D floor plans. Yeah, yeah you've you do. got your owners' uh, owners' portal as well, which is a huge thing. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it means that owners can grab as much information as they can on the go, no matter where they are in the world. You're using, you know, maintenance apps such as Tappy
0: to help you with your business. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, yeah. So you're you really looking at it all different ways of property technology to help you with the with the running of your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's sort of setting as a part. It means that our property managers have got more time to offer a, more of a personalised service. Um, and it just means that they're available to, to both tenants and landlords. Really,
0: I see in the industry. I get asked more about this. Is outsourcing, you know, and uh, some companies they look to actually outsource some of the automa- automation of the job yeah. to places like the Philippines. What's your thoughts on that? Does it does the company potentially lose a bit of its soul by doing
1: that, or? or? Yeah, tough one to answer. If it works in a lot of business scenarios, um, there's no reason that it couldn't work in property management. Um, for Tommy's, we're sort of by reputation Wellington-based, and Wellington companies so I think to, to leave it, or to push things outside of Wellington, um, we we'll sort of detract a little bit from what we've tried to achieve, and probably one of the biggest things that's led to the success that we've had is, is that culture, as we were saying before. Um, so looks certainly an option um, that, that could work in property management, but not one that I think we'd look to, to pursue any time soon ourselves.
0: Well, let's look at, just, you know, we'll, we'll, let's cap off with this interview now, but let's look at the future. Of property management, mm. yeah. You know, let's say five years from now, what do you see the industry looking like?
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to think we've got some robots doing some inspections for us and saving us all some time, on <laughs> not it? But um, I don't think that's going to happen just yet. Um, look, I think the, the industry is certainly going to be probably licensed by that point. I um, think there'll be a lot more regulation that's coming to that, and I don't think we've heard the last of the legislation changes um, just yet. Um, but I think it will still be there. I think the industry will still be really strong. Um, and as I said before, people will always invest in property, so there's always going to be a need for property managers.
0: Jack, I mean, it's uh, congratulations on the success that yourself and Tommy's have had in, in such a short space of time. It's been great to be just part of that journey and, and watching you guys just grow. Um, you know, well done for joining us today, and uh, we appreciate your
1: time. No, thank you, thank you for having us. Okay, thank you.